And he was very absorbed in that anger and hatred and uh, desire to commit violence. But it was just like a flower garland, hitting an elephant, nothing at all. And he was a very powerful demon. So this is pretty frustrating for him. Uh, let's go back and review some of these verses. Uh -oh. Ah, I'm dead in the water, got no internet here. <laughs> Just lost everything. Yeah. I have to put on my glasses now. Phoenix Temple Library, do not remove. Where this book came from. Okay, so the actual title of this chapter is The Battle Between Lord, oops, wrong one, The Killing of the Demon here on Yaksha. So let's just hear it from the beginning of the chapter, the English. Sri Maitreya said, after hearing the words of Brahma, the Creator, which were free from all sinful purposes and as sweet as nectar, the Lord heartily laughed and accepted his prayer with a glance laden with love. Who remembers what the prayer of Brahma was? The prayer of Brahma was, hurry up and kill this demon. The auspicious, auspicious time of the day for victory is over, and the inauspicious time is coming. Therefore, don't mess around. We don't want you to lose. And the Lord smiled and laughed as if he could lose. The Lord, who had appeared from the nostril of Brahma, sprang and aimed his mace at the chin of his enemy, the Hiranyaksha demon, who was stalking fearlessly before him. Struck by the demon's mace, however, the Lord's mace slipped from his hand and looked splendid as it fell down whirling. This was miraculous, for the mace was blazing wonderfully. Even though the demon had an excellent opportunity to strike his unarmed foe without obstruction, he respected the law of single combat, thereby kindling the fury of the Supreme Lord. So, because the Lord had dropped his weapon, Hiranyaksha did not take advantage and try to kill him. He waited. That is the Chatriya code, the Chatriya spirit. You don't attack an unarmed person. Chuchachi is only interested in a fair fight. It's not get the guy down on the ground and kick him to death while he's helpless, which is the modern consciousness. As the Lord's mace fell to the ground and the cry of alarm arose from the witnessing crowd of gods and rishis, the personality of Godhead acknowledged the demon's love of righteousness and therefore invoked his Sudarshan discus. As the discus began to revolve in the Lord's hands and the Lord contended, at close quarters with the chief of his Vaikuntha attendants, who had been born as Hiranyaksha, a vile son of Diti, there issued from every direction strange expressions uttered by those who were witnessing from airplanes. They had no knowledge of the Lord's reality, and they cried, May victory attend you! Pray, dispatch him! Play no more with him! Quiet, please. 
When the demon saw the personality of Godhead, who had his eyes just like lotus petals, standing in position before him, armed with his Sudarshan discus, his senses were overpowered by indignation. He began to hiss like a serpent, and he bit his lip in great resentment. The demon, who had fearful tusks, stared at the personality of Godhead as though to burn him. Springing into the air, he aimed his mace at the Lord, exclaiming at the same time, You are slain! It's pretty confident. Of saintly Vidura, while his enemy looked on, the Lord in his boar form, the enjoyer of all sacrificial offerings, playfully knocked down the mace with his left foot, even as it came upon him with the force of a tempest. The Lord then said, Take up your weapon and try again, eager as you are to conquer me. Challenged in these words, the demon aimed his mace at the Lord and once more loudly roared. When the Lord saw the mace flying toward him, he stood firmly where he was and caught it with the same ease as Garuda, the king of birds, would seize the serpent. His valor thus frustrated, the demon, the great demon, felt humiliated and was put out of countenance. He was reluctant to take back the mace when it was offered by the personality of Godhead. <laughs> so he threw the mace with all the strength, thinking this is going to kill him. And the Lord caught it. Here you go, try again. And he was reluctant to take it back because he was outmatched. He now took a, a trident, which is rapacious as a flaming fire, and hurled it against the Lord, the enjoyer of all sacrifices, even as one would use penance for a malevolent purpose against the holy Brahmana. Hurled by the mighty demon with all his strength, the flying trident shone brightly in the sky. The personality of Godhead, however, tore to pieces with his discus sudarshana, which had a sharp edge rim even as Indra cut off a wing of Garuda. So it's just like an anti-aircraft missile. Or it's an anti-missile defense system. In the modern warfare, when they fire a missile, then the uh, opponents will fire another missile to take down that missile. So he threw his trident at the Lord, and the Lord Cut it with the Sudarshan Chakra. Aerial combat. The demon was enraged when his trident was cut to pieces by the discus of the personality of Godhead. He therefore again advanced toward the Lord and roaring aloud struck his hard fence against the Lord's broad chest, which bore the mark of Srivatsa. Then he went out of sight. Hit in this manner by the demon of Vidura, the Lord who had appeared as the first boar, did not feel the least quaking in any part of his body, any more than an elephant would when struck with a wreath of flowers. So there's a little more to this battle, not done yet. But this is very exciting, uh, this narration of the fight between Lord Varaha and Hiranyaksha. And um, also, there are many descriptions in the Krishna book, in the 10th canto, of the Lord fighting with various demons, uh, as well as in the 7th canto, the, Lord's, the narration of the Lord fighting with Hiranyakashipu, the brother of Hiranyaksha. Uh, 
And as well, the Mahabharata is filled with many descriptions of fighting uh, during the Battle of Kurukshetra. So, a sentimental person who is attached to nonviolence would say, What is the matter with you people? Why are you listening to and enjoying these violent things? Uh, just like there are people who decry the violence in entertainment in movies and other type of media that people very much relish. But everyone loves a good fight. Whenever you have a fight, then people will gather around to watch the fight. Uh, and they'll even chant, fight, 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 fight. And they want to relish that, uh, that violence. But when it is engaged in by the personality of Godhead, then it is a completely different type of uh, affair than is ordinary violence in this world because it's the transcendental pastimes of the Lord. Therefore, it is most relishable when the Lord, there are different rasas or uh, mellows or flavors of exchange between the devotees of the Lord and the Lord. And the Lord, he enjoys many different types of rasas. And one of these is uh, the chivalrous rasa and the rasa of fighting. He also enjoys the rasa of anger. Uh, as well as love and joking. And so there's so many ways in which the Lord expresses and enjoys these uh, feelings of emotion and exchange with his devotees. Uh, but they're all on the absolute transcendental platform. It's not that, no, 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 only we should hear about the Ropi's love, because that's love. We shouldn't hear about the fighting of the demons. No, we should hear about the fighting of the demons too because that is the Lord's transcendental pastimes. That is the Lord blissfully engaging in his rasa with his devotees. So we should hear that also. And it is every bit as relishable. Some people only want to hear about the exchange, the intimate exchange of love with the Lord and the gopis, known as the Gopi Bhava Club. There was one such club formed in LA back in the 1970s. But Srila Prabhupada did not approve of this at all. Why are you only going to the pastimes of the gopis? That is the business of the sahajyas. They ignore everything else like rising early, following the regular principles, and just go straight to the Lord's pastimes with the gopis. Because actually they take it as something material, like the ordinary activities and exchanges between conditioned souls. Uh, trying to squeeze out some sexual happiness from their material existence. So those who are not fully trained, they take the Lord's pastimes like something material also, which is what they experience. Even they try to imitate. Sometimes they dress up like donkeys and do all kinds of funky weird things in the name of uh, Krishna consciousness, which is not Krishna consciousness. So Prabhupada says such persons are uh, destined to take birth as monkeys because monkeys are also very interested in uh, lusty pastimes. Uh, so a person who has supposedly become renounced but is still interested in uh, the material 
and relationships and affairs, then their renunciation is referred to as Markata Vairagya. Markata means monkey. So the monkey, he's very renounced. He's living naked in the forest. He's eating only fruits, like he's some kind of sadhu. But also, in his troop, he has two dozen female monkey consorts. They have these National Geographic and Animal Kingdom videos, and they show the monkey troops. So he's got the big monkey, the big head honcho monkey. And he gets all the female monkeys as his consorts. And then sometimes he'll be challenged by a lesser or younger monkey. So they have to fight. And then the, the old tough monkey, he defeats the younger monkey, and he remains the head of the troop. And he gets to enjoy the females. So this is called Markata Vairagya. The renunciation is like some monkey. Uh, so we don't, we don't want to become like the monkey. We want the true renunciation, yukta vairagya, in which everything is engaged in Krishna's service. Everything favorable for Krishna. Everything unfavorable, left aside. For example, one may engage in a, his honest work, which he does as a profession or a living, and then give some fruits of that activity to the Lord. But if one is a butcher, then it is all inauspicious and favorable and has to be given up if one wants to serve Krishna. One doesn't say, I want to serve Krishna and remain the butcher. No, there are lines to be crossed and not to be crossed. But one does not uh, engage in horrible sinful activities. Krishna consciousness means to give up sinful activities, to become pure. And then that aids us and assists us in our progressive march of spiritual life. So therefore, we have the regular principles. And those are not to be transgressed uh, by someone who is serious and sincere on the path of bhakti. One has to understand these things philosophically. And we may struggle in the immature stage of Krishna consciousness, uh, but we should gradually also uh, come to the mature stage. And as one becomes advanced, to the more mature stage of bhakti, then the struggle is not so great. One becomes a little more fixed up. That's called nishta. Nishta means firmly fixed. Adau shradha tat sadhu sangyata bhajana kriya anarjana vritishat. I'm going to find this verse by uh, Rupa Goswami, which explains the uh, stages of devotional service from the beginning through the middle stages and on to the highest stages. Here is Sri Rupa Goswami. This is from the Nectar of Devotion, uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, uh, 1, 4, 15, and 16. Adau-shradha-tata-sadhu-sangyo-tabhajana-kriya-tata-nartau-nivritti-shat-tata-nartau-nivritti-shat-tata-nartau-nivritti-shat-tata-nartau-nivritti-shat-tata-nartau-niv
Tamahamba Jami, he says in about uh, 20 something verses, 25 verses. That's the refrain. Govindam Adi Purusham. Adi Purusham means he's the original person. So there are so many persons, Purusham, but the Lord is called Purushottama. He is the uh, highest, Uttama, of all persons. And he is Adi Purusha, the original person. The original person from whom all other persons emanate. So that is God. Govindam Adi Purusha. So here Rupa Goswami is saying, also there, oh, there by the way, there's one other verse. Ramadi Murchishukala Niyamina Kishtam, Nanamatarama Karodu Bhuvaneshu Kintu, Krishna Swayam Samabhavat Puraman Pramanyo, Govindamadi Purusham Tamaham Bhajami. There are many incarnations of the Lord, Ramadi, beginning with Rama, Ramadi Murchishu, Murchishu means form. Ramadi Murchishu Kalani Amena Tishtam Nanamatara Makarodu Ganesha Kintu. The Lord appears in many, many different forms and incarnations. He can expand himself unlimitedly. Uh, but Krishna Swayam Samabhavat Purimam Pamanyo. Lord Krishna, Krishna Swayam, that means Krishna himself personally. He is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and all the other forms of the Lord expand or emanate from him. So here, uh, Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada is telling us, Adau uh, Shraddha, in the beginning, when one comes to Krishna consciousness, Adau Shraddha, there must be faith, some initial faith. So where does that faith come from? Tata Sadhu Sangha. Prabhupada says that faith is created by the association of devotees. So at first, we may have a little initial interest or liking. Oh, I like this chanting. I like this food. Oh, these books are really nice. One has an initial attraction due to some, perhaps, punya or good fortune. Uh, and then after that, tata, after that, therefore, or thereafter, sadhu sangha, one comes into the association of devotees. This is very important. Because if one is just on one's own, with a little bit of beginning faith, one cannot progress very far. One requires sadhu sangha. That sadhu sangha, this Bhagavatam class is that sadhu sangha also, that we have this sangha of hearing and chanting about Krishna. It is very important uh, that we participate in this sadhu sangha. Tabhajana kriya. And then thereafter, uh, one begins uh, bhajana kriya, which Prabhupada translates here. Bhajana means to worship Krishna, and kriya means activities. So those are the literal roots of the word, but listen here to the Prabhupada's word-for-word -word rendition. Performance of devotional service to Krishna in parentheses, surrendering to the spiritual master and being encouraged by the association of devotees. So that initiation takes place. So, again, this is in the fairly beginning stage. And then, after one is practiced in bhajana kriya, performing the activities of devotional service, which are, as we are always fond of saying, rising early, attending mangalarti, chanting one's rounds, engaging in kirtan, hearing the Bhagavatam class, 
those are the standard regulated activities, bhajana kriya. Uh, and if one is not doing those activities, then one is deficient in one's Krishna consciousness. One is deficient in one's practice. And in that condition of being deficient, how can one make advancement? How is it possible if you don't follow the process? How can you get the result? It is science. Just like a chemical reaction, if you add chemical X to chemical Y, and they have some chemical reaction, and then the result of that chemical reaction is chemical Z, just like you add hydrogen and oxygen, you combine them in a certain way, it produces water. Well, if you just have the hydrogen and you don't add the oxygen, then you will not get water. It'll just be hydrogen, which is a gas. So then you can say, all right, well, let me just try the oxygen. You have oxygen, which is a gas, but without the, without the hydrogen, you still can't have the water. So there's a process, there's a formula. It is scientific. You have to have the hydrogen, you have to have the oxygen, and when the two are combined properly, then you get water. Otherwise, you cannot have water without the proper combination. It will not happen. You will be very thirsty, especially if you're out in the desert somewhere. You will be very thirsty without the water. There's plenty of hydrogen, plenty of oxygen, and other things in the atmosphere, but until they're combined properly, there's no water. So that analogy is there. If we want to get the water, the result, then we have to have the proper scientific formula and combination of following. So that is the meaning of yoga. Yoga is science. It is not sentiment. There are many people that have some sentiment for spiritual life, but they do not practice or follow the principles. They may follow one principle, they may follow another principle, they may follow a little bit, they may do a little this, they may do a little bit of that. But they're not practically following the process fully and completely. Therefore, they don't get the results. It is science. So if you want to get the result of Krishna consciousness, you have to follow the process. And of course, hearing this philosophy, we want to get the results. We don't want to just sit here and spin our wheels spinning the wheels, not going anywhere. If you have a vehicle and you put it on the lift, you lift it up off the ground, and then you start the engine, and you press down on the gas, and the wheels are turning, but they're just spinning in the air. You'll never go anywhere. Or another example is given, if you have a fire, you're trying to light the fire. But at the same time you light the fire, you're pouring water on the fire. Then how will the fire possibly be able to start? It's too bad that we weren't pouring water on this fire when it started. We would have been in better shape <laughs> had that been the case. Yeah. But they did eventually pour water on the fire and put it out. But if you want to start the fire in the beginning, you have to have the dry fuel and oxygen and the, the flame, and then the fire will start and spread. But meanwhile, you're trying to light the fire, and you're pouring the water and pouring the water and pouring the water, you say, what's the matter with this stupid fire? What's up with this fire? It just This fire is not very high-quality fire. It's just not working properly. Well, you're pouring water on the fire, you dummy. <clears throat> you know, have to have dry fuel. Then you can start the fire. So, in this way, Goswami Pad is instructing us. 
And then after one becomes initiated and is performing Bhajana Kriya very nicely, following the process, then what happens? Anartanya uh, Vritti Shat. The unwanted things that are within the heart, they are gradually eliminated or left behind. They fall away. The unwanted things fall away. That's called anarta nirvritti. Anarta, unwanted things. Nibriti. They're finished. And then what happens after anarta nirvritti? Tato nishta. Nishta means steady, firmly fixed. One becomes fixed up. We we aspire to become fixed up. We want to become fixed up in Krishna consciousness. So that's the steady platform. Nishta. On the steady platform, one is not slipping and sliding. You know, sometimes we feel like, or we may say, for every step I take forward, I slip two steps back. So you know, if you take one step forward and slips two steps back, you're only going one step back every time. So you're going in the wrong direction. You're slipping. You're doing the Michael Jackson moonwalk. You're going backwards. And while the moonwalk may appear very attractive, it is not the way to go to one's destination. If on the path one is simply going backwards, he'll never reach the destination. I take one step forward, two steps back. I take another step forward, two steps back. You are involved in a net loss. You'll never go anywhere. You'll never make any progress. Matter of fact, you'll, you'll retrograde. You'll go the wrong direction. Bunar Bhava Musika, you go back to where you came from. Or even further down. Sometimes we see devotees, they try to make advancement of Krishna consciousness. Then they give up. And then not only they go back to where they were before, they go back to like worse than they were before. Lower in the modes, more entangled in sinful activities. We have seen this many times. They became they worse off than they were before they even heard of Krishna consciousness. They just dive into the modes. Somehow or other, that's an amazing thing to see. But it, I've seen it enough times to know that it's a, a fact. So we don't want that to happen to us. No. We want to struggle, scrape, grasp, beg, borrow, or steal, do whatever we have to do to make advancement in Krishna consciousness. That should be our goal. That should be our desire. Whatever it takes, whatever unfavorable thing I have to give up, and whatever favorable thing I may have to accept, which I don't perhaps want to accept. The process of surrender is like that. You come to a certain platform, and then Krishna introduces new vistas of surrender, and you have to take it. You may not want to take it, but you have to take it, because Krishna is offering, okay, here's your opportunity. Uh, so, tato nishta, one comes to the platform of steadiness. And what is the next platform after steadiness? Ruchi. After one becomes steady, then ruchi, one begins to acquire a taste. We have to intensely desire to get a taste. Because vishaya vinivartante nirahadashadehina rasavarjam rasokyasa param trishtva nivartate. When we get that higher taste of Krishna consciousness, lower taste just won't cut it anymore. Devotees give up 
things like intoxication, illicit sex, gambling, and meat eating. And someone may come and say, well, gee, come join me in these activities. Intoxication. Jamoni's like, no way. Man, I've been there, done that. I'm way past that now. Because I know there's something much better. I have a higher taste. So I can never go back to that lower uh, taste, which is it, is, it becomes detestful to the devotion, that lower taste of sense gratification. It's not worth it. It just brings you down. I think there's a song like that. Don't bring me down. So we, we don't want any kind of association. And we, that will uh, cause us to be brought down from whatever level of Christian consciousness we've been so fortunate as to attain. We don't want to be dragged down. We want to keep marching forward. I went to this private school when I was in middle school, and they uh, had a little patch, a little blue blazer and a tie and a uniform. And uh, on that patch was the motto of the school, per aspera ad astra, which is Latin. Astra means the stars. So, in other words, per aspera ad astra, onward and upward through the mire to obtain the stars. So uh, that was the motto. Kind of a nice sentiment, actually. Uh, through education, one can attain greater things in life. Uh, so we embrace that concept because through education and Krishna consciousness, we can understand not to engage in the lower qualities of the material nature, but ad astra, to push upward. But we're not just pushing upward ad astra to the stars, but our goal is the padam padam, the spiritual world, beyond this material energy, beyond the stars, beyond the universe. So our, our motto would be through bhakti, back home, back to Godhead. Through the activities of Krishna consciousness, we are aiming to go back home, back to Godhead. So that is the transcendental version of per aspra ad astra. I'm surprised I could even remember that. <laughs> the shlokas you learn when you're young, they stick with you. <laughs> so best to learn while you're young as much as you can. <clears throat> so one comes to this platform of ruchi. So one's already fixed up and then one gets a taste. And that is further impetus, atashakpish. Um, thereafter, one gets attachment. So, ultimately, Krishna consciousness means love for Krishna. And love is what? Attachment. When we love someone, we're attached to them. Like a man loves his wife, he's attached. Where uh, people love sense gratification, they're attached to it. Prabhupada says that consciousness is the platform of attachment. So, Whatever is our platform of attachment. So if we're attached to sense gratification, that means we're in conditioned consciousness. We're attached to this bodily, we're in bodily concept of life, bodily consciousness. That is our attachment. When we're attached to Krishna, then that is the platform of Krishna consciousness. Attachment. Along with attachment comes affection and love and these other things. Matter of fact, that's the next thing. Atashaktis tato bhavas. 
Bhava, Prabhupada defines as emotion or affection. Then, Tata Prema Abhudhamchati. What happens after that? Uh, prema, love of God. Prema is not ordinary love. Prema means love of God. Krishna Prema. Therefore, Lord Chaitanya is glorified by Rupa Goswami. Why? Namo Mahavadanyaya. No one is more fantastic than you. No one is more munificent. No one is more beneficent than you. Why? Namo Mahabharanyaya. Krishna Prema Pradayate. Because you're giving. Duh, in Sanskrit, the, the word da is the root word, which means to give. Pradayate. Pra means complete. Krishna Prema Pradayate. You're just completely giving love of Krishna freely, which no incarnation has ever done before. So this is a unique contribution of Lord Chaitanya to human society. You're doing what even Krishna didn't do. Krishna, sarva dharma paricca just surrender, Lord Chaitanya. Here, just take it. Chant Hare Krishna, take this love of God. Just take it and run with it. Krishna prema pradayati, freely. So, sadhakanam, ayam prema, this love of Krishna consciousness, sadhakanam, of the devotees, uh, this is the pradhur bhave bhavet kramaha. Kramaha means step. Prabhupada translates it as chronological order. So step by step, these are the uh, levels of Krishna consciousness. So it is a great science. As a matter of fact, there's another verse here by Srila Rupa Goswami Pad from the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. I'll read this. This is wonderful. When the seed of ecstatic emotion for Krishna fructifies, the following nine symptoms manifest in one's behavior. Forgiveness, concern that time should not be wasted. That's called avjarta kalatvam. One does not waste time. Detachment, absence of false prestige, hope, eagerness, a taste for chanting the holy name of the Lord. Attachment to descriptions of the transcendental qualities of the Lord and affection for those places where the Lord resides. That is, a temple, like this temple, or a holy place like Vrindavan. These are all called anubhava, subordinate signs of ecstatic emotion. These are visible in a person in whose heart the seed of love of God has begun to fructify. So these are some very wonderful instructions about Krishna consciousness from our beloved Sri Rupa Goswami Pai. And we'll stop here and ask for any questions, comments, realizations, reflections, arguments. You won't get water. It's a scientific fact. It's not. It's not Hindu water. It's a beautiful analogy. It makes it nice to understand. Um, the water is water. It's not that there's Christian water, Hindu water, Muslim water, impersonalist water. No, water is water. It's scientific fact. So, um, 
The same thing is there with spiritual life. It's not a question of Hindu religion or Christian religion or Muslim religion. It's a question of love of Godhead. What is the science and what is the best? Any other questions or comments? Bloop the bread? But somebody's got a recipe and they say, you know, I followed the recipe, but it just didn't taste like, it just didn't taste the same. They talk to, if you actually talk to, or did you use this? Did you, oh, I said, this. I didn't exactly. Yeah, you didn't follow the recipe. Yeah, they didn't really follow it exactly. And then also, Monomar's for good me. Tells a story that he was in London sometimes cooking. There's this amazing sweets cook over there. I forget it's female. Her name is just amazing. Indian sweets, all. But they asked him to fill in for her for some reason. So he had to stay with her for some period of time and learn her recipes. And he wrote down everything and watched everything. And he did it exactly like she did. And then after he made some sweets, some sannyasi was there. She groans when somebody tasted it. He said, who, can, who made this? And they said, Omanahar. And he said he was so embarrassed, he left. He didn't want to hear what they said. But he said, these are perfect. They're just like He followed the recipe. Yeah, he, because he followed it exactly. He got the same result. The mind got the same result. Yeah. So he, he's always happy about that. He, he watched her and he wrote down things. And I never heard that story. That's a good one. Yeah. Go okay. Ahead. He'll tell you. He'll tell you. I guess we're done. I have to stop before everybody's gone. Shivapad ki jai. Thank you. So what was the verse in